Matt McConkey. Dave Holmes. How's it Came going? Came in very hot there. Sorry. Um, it's going great. You know, it's going great. We're we're living in America in mm. January 2021. It's tense. We really are. It's harsh. Uh, it's a lot of things. Um, it's a lot of things. Yeah, there's a lot to a lot to process and a lot to deal with. Um, I just want to I want to go over um, some stuff with you, and 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 I'm just going to oh. tell you right off the bat. This is what I spent my whole therapy session this week talking about. Oh God. Um, yeah. Uh, Army Hammer. Oh, yeah. How, have you kept up? Army, army hammer. I, I've kept up as much as I can. I mean, I know yeah. the gist of it. Yeah. I, I mean, we know that he, there were some uh, some DMs exchanged with yes. a sexual partner, which he said, I'm sure you remember the specifics better than I do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he gets into a lot of it. Like, there's a lot of, you know, Dom subby kind of stuff, which, by the way, like, that has never been my thing. But an army hammer presents it to me. I'm I'm there. I'm on board. He's tall. He's got piercing blue eyes. He's a vision. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, tell me your mind, like that kind of, that kind of thing. I was like, okay, all right. I'm with yeah. you. If, if, if there is consent involved, then we're, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, great, great. Yeah. And it does Fine. feel a little groomingy, which I'm like, eh, I don't love this, but it's like, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to put that aside for a moment and whatever. Then he, then he's, you know, then he's talking about, um, you know, I want to, uh, bring me your blood tonight. I want your blood tonight. I want to take a little cut and, you know, and drink it. And I'm, like, yeah, I'm not so sure. And then he says, I am a hundred percent a cannibal. Mm. So, you know, there, there, that's, that's where I draw the line. I mean, I, I'm, I'm my, my opposition to cannibalism is longstanding and, and I, I won't budge on it. And then as of today, Thursday, January 5th, uh, 14th, um, another ex spoke to page six and her whole thing was like, listen, he's very sexy and he's very charming and you get right on board and then you're having sex and he's like, I want to pull out one of your ribs and barbecue it and eat it. And, and she's like, you know, in the moment we excuse some things, right? You know, it's the, it's the heat of the moment. You know, you're, you're really clicking with somebody and, uh, and then she, you know, now looking at these other D DMs and whatever, she's put the whole thing together and she's like, yeah, actually, I think he might have a thing where he wants to eat a person. Um, it's really just, uh, a, a dark place and we don't, we don't know that he has eaten a, why, I'm not trying to defend him. Why am I even asking? Who cares? This is gross. That's the thing. That's what I don't love is that I am moved to defend him because he looks how he looks. That's well, and that because is a of the, the, I think we feel a, a certain loyalty to him because of call me by your name. But certainly, certainly, he's a know. cousin in the in the LGBTQ yeah. family. Um, yeah, it was uh, there. There were startlingly sexy elements to it when it was just kind of you know he's you know, like I'm your master and whatever. I'm like okay, yeah, army, yes, yes. Right. I'll go Again, only if there's enthusiastic consent. Exactly. Exactly. But then it also, takes a turn. Right. It really does. And I don't, I, I continue, I don't think, I think cannibalism is definitely out for me permanently, but I, I appreciate his enthusiasm about it. I, I, I like when people love what they do. I find that to be a very sexy quality. Um, I wish it weren't the consumption of beating human hearts. Sure. But I appreciate. Yeah, the now my mind is going to like: Is there an ethical version of cannibalism? I, yes, I, I don't even. There is. Is it I guess? like a uh, an environmentally sound burial? Like if I were to like if I knew from like for example that I had three months to live, right? Yeah. But there were there were parts of me that I knew were 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 healthy. Would I say? You'd slide into Army's DMs and say, "Hey, heads up." I might. You got about three I months. I might. I might. I'm just saying. I might. I might. I can. That's that is. But that's it. That is as much as I am willing to give. Right. But you could do worse. Oh God. You could do a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, that 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 bummed me out and made me cringe. And you know. Yeah, it's very sad, and it gets into issues of of consent and grooming that are that are really difficult, and it's mm, it's yucky. it's bad. Um. But listen, it isn't Donald Trump or COVID. So I know my therapist was thrilled to work yes. through it with me. 
I'm sure he was like, thank God, anything. I brought a little, I brought a little color to his day and I don't regret it for a second. Uh, How are you, Matt McConkie? What's new in your world? Uh, You know, there is one very new thing. We realized that we haven't talked about this on the podcast. It's old news to you, to Renee, uh, but uh, new news to our beloved listeners uh, that I feel is worth sharing, which is that over the holiday break, Michael asked me to marry him. Woohoo! Congratulations. And I said, no, just kidding. I okay. obviously said yes. I was so thrilled. And uh, it was, you know, it was really the best, best moment of my life. And, you know, and it came on the heels of like, it's, it's the holidays without Faye. And, and of course the shittiest year of all time, even losing Faye aside. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like we all needed a win. This was, this was a big one. And, um, yeah. and I will say I, the, the proposal story itself is a good one. I unfortunately cannot, I have been forbidden from sharing it here. And on the internet, but if it, listeners, if you ever see me on the street when the world has returned to some version of normal, or we know each other in real life, you know, corner me. I'll tell you the story. And Dave, I think you can attest that uh, it is it's worth it. It's good. Oh, you will be glad you asked. You will yeah. be glad you asked, and it will make you. Well, I'm not. I it, it, certain people will rise in your esteem. Forever. Yes, and it does not involve cannibalism. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Some minds might be, but it does involve too dirty to share. It does involve the human heart. You just didn't. Nobody ate one, but it does involve the human heart. Um, You know who's got hearts? Miles and miles and miles of hearts. John Melheiser. Oh, that's who. He's he's like the what the opposite of the Tin Man. You know? Yeah, he's incredible. Absolutely, he's just such a a a darling. So so funny. Um, One of the most joyful people to follow on Instagram. Uh, his, his clown work is like inspired and um, I'm just such a big fan of his. And I, sh- I want to warn people, like we have some zoom like delays and weird glitches in, in this conversation, but I don't even think you'll mind because John is such a delight, but I just want to give people a heads up. He is something else. We love him. Um, funny and sweet. That's an, that's a rare combination. And we didn't even get into this, Melheiser, but he, he was on SNL and uh, he was in Ghostbusters and you've seen him on uh, the show Love and a bunch of other things. He's, He's a star. John Melheiser. He right. is a dream. After the break, John Melheiser. Well, thanks for that intro, guys. <laughs> Well, hey, John Milheiser. We meant it. We meant every word of it. How are you? you? I'm good. I'm really good. How are you? You know, I personally have never been better. (laughs) Dave says that every time, and I started to think that he is kidding. Yeah, Hmm. no, I'm definitely joking. Everything is a nightmare. It's a whirlpool of disaster. Hey, I know Um, that, but I'm just trying to pick anything I could be happy about and then be happy about it today. And sure. so, so far, the morning's been going out. Well, my parents are getting the vaccine. They just texted me they're getting the vaccine on January 19th. So I'm like, whew, that's a big worry. It's exciting. It's gone. Yeah. That's great. And where are they? They're in Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they've had a few scares. Like they found out that they, they ended up having a party and they didn't tell me about it. And I was like, you guys had a party? They're like, yeah, we weren't going to tell you about it. And turns out somebody had coronavirus at the party. And there was this, oh and God. they were all on the back deck without masks on. So there was like 10 people that were scared they're going to get coronavirus. Luckily, nothing happened. But I was like, you see how close it is? Like, you have to be careful. You can't have parties. But yeah, they turned into the teenagers. Oh, <laughs> boy. That will um, happen. Mm-hmm. I'm get, so glad they're getting vaccinated. Yeah. yeah. What else is like keeping you happy in quarantine? Um, there's like a little bit of me that's kind of like, ah, I don't have to worry about going anywhere and I can just stay home and kind of be a little creative. Um, so I've been making ice cream. I've been making some crafts with my glue gun. Um, been writing a lot. 
drawing. Uh, every birthday that's come along this year uh, in the family, I have a lot of nieces and nephews and brothers and sisters. I would draw them something. So <laughs> instead of buying something, you know, um, yeah. You're a jack of all trades. You are. <laughs> you are a Ben and a Jerry of all trades. What kind of ice cream are we making? Well, I my favorite right now is mint chocolate chip. And uh-huh. I just like putting the green dye in and making it look like a classic cartoon mint chocolate chip. But I got into ice cream because my grandmother, we called her Mumsy, would always make me ice cream whenever I came to the shore. And she would have to prep a lot of chocolate ice cream because that was my favorite. Um, and then I would just eat it. I would constantly eat it while at the shore. And people were like, John, why are you eating so much ice cream? I'm like, well, no one's stopping me. Um, and so when she passed, I kind of was like, oh, where's the chocolate ice I mean, I missed her, but I was like, oh, I missed Mumsy's chocolate ice cream. And we lost the handwritten ingredients uh, recipe that she made it with. Mm. And then recently through quarantine, I was like, I think I can figure it out. And then I think I figured it out. So now I've been making uh, friends Mumsy's chocolate ice cream. Homemade chocolate okay. ice cream. Mumsy's homemade chocolate ice cream on the shore. This could not sound more patrician if you tried. <laughs> this is like, it's like an old novel. Sitting on the front stoop, eating chocolate ice cream. Oh my God. At the shore. What shore? Ocean City, New Jersey. Oh my God. This sounds very fancy. The videos that you make, the, your stories of you making the ice cream, are it's really compelling content. And there's something <laughs> really satisfying about seeing the entire process with everything that you make. You, you, you do a lot of like, you know, peeking behind the curtain of, of every craft and every like um, edible thing that you, that you make. And it all looks amazing. Um, oh, what's your... Uh, is like self-control in terms of eating the ice cream. That's my, my own concern. Um, so yeah. So I go, I take breaks from ice cream because once it's in the freezer, I'm just like, I'll just take a few bites and then the pint's gone and just like, I guess I'll make some more. Uh, so I try to give it all away as soon as possible. I got these like paper pint, pint, containers that you can draw on with a Sharpie. So I like draw on them and put like the name of the person I'm giving it to. And uh, so I just get it out of the house, but it's nice just to take, I think, okay, your answer, your the answer I want to give you is I eat most of it as soon as I pour it into the containers and like, I taste it I'm like, Oh yeah, that's good. So that's fun. Yeah. Perfect. Sure. <laughs> you must. Perfect. Okay. If you're in the Los Angeles area, I'm in Valley Village, always ready for a delivery. There's a, I will deliver. I swear I will deliver you guys. Tell me what kind of ice cream would you want? Who I'm I'm big on a chocolate peanut butter. Okay. okay. Chocolate peanut butter. Yes. Great. I am noted. Matt, will you even eat an ice cream? I'm not, I'm not great with dairy, but I will eat it. I just shouldn't. I'm not know. great with dairy either, but I'm just like, for ice cream, I'll. I'll give a pass. Absolutely. Why not? Um, What are you watching in quarantine? Um, So my roommate, Nicole Byer and I, uh, and we like well into quarantine, we're like, let's rewatch Sex and the City. We have a rule at the house. Like if Sex and the City's on, on TV, you just leave it on. If like you're flipping the channel, it's like, ah, shit. Yeah. but we decide since we've seen every Sex and the City episode so many times, we're like, well, let's watch it differently. So what we did was we watched the first episode and then the last episode wow. of the first episode of season one, the last episode of uh, season six B. Yeah. And then we watched the last episode, the second episode of season one. <sighs> Second to last of season. Yeah, we just, and we just kept coming yeah. in. Oh, you're yeah. creeping from both yeah. sides. Yes. And wow. then like we met in the middle. We what learned that we Aiden Aiden is hardly in it. Um, he's never in it until like this little center part. Um, Carrie, they all hate Carrie. Big hates Carrie. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, there's, yeah. he never says anything nice about her. Like he constantly just like belittles her. Yes. Um, and Carrie always makes the converse, turns the conversation about her. Um, if Charlotte's trying to say something about Harry, she's like, that reminds me, what are with men? The other day, like, it's, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah she's both, uh, 
the best friend and the worst friend. Yeah. I still love Carrie, but I also hate her. But um, also Miranda, whenever they're at the diner, Miranda's the only one eating. And she's yeah. always eating. Mm-hmm. Like she always has a bite full of food whenever she talks. <laughs> and no, everybody else just holds their fork with the food and you never see them take a bite. <laughs> How are you feeling? What is your take on the reboot and the, the Samantha-lessness of it all? Yeah, it's disappointing that uh, they had a falling out, and I, I'm genuinely sad about that because I really like to see people get along, especially people with great chemistry and on such a fun, funny show. But I also think it went down kind of sloppy, like how they were fighting, like her brother went missing or, or passed away, so Sarah. Uh-huh said something on Twitter, like, I'm thinking about you. And then Kim responded back, like, I don't need your pity or don't, I don't know. And she's like, my mother asked me, when is that cruel Sarah Jessica going to leave you alone? I'm like, your mother said that? (laughs) Yeah. Like, have your dispute, but just have it behind closed doors and just don't make it, because I feel like that sets a bad example for like, you know, women getting along or just being in the workplace together. Um, But, uh, how do you think it went down? What do you think? I mean, do you think they ever fell in? Do you think they were ever friends? Yeah. yeah, I think so. I, I, I mean, they're great actors if they were never chumsy, if they were always enemies, because they seemed like they got along. She was kind of like the mother figure to her mm-hmm. in Sex and City. Yeah, mm-hmm. but she's she's older than the other three. She knew that she was the most popular character. She wanted more money earlier on. Sarah Jessica okay. Parker became a producer. She couldn't. She they didn't make her a producer. She never felt like she was getting what she deserved. And I'm sure in some ways she was right. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, but the, the, this is like. Why are you not like make this right? You know, like we as a nation need this. Yeah. It's not going to be great without you. We, she, she does not have anything better going on. Uh, yeah. She had filthy rich, which I watched cause I like Kim control, but it was not. Good. Oh yeah. And how was that? It was not good. No. Mm. Not good. Um, Where was that even? Was that, was that Fox? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, uh, I, let's quickly address the scatting. Scatting? Yeah, the Kim Control scatting. Oh, that's right. Okay. If I honestly I if you you didn't know play. about it. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. Although I'm sure they will get to that in the Sex and the City reboot. But the yeah. the, the 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 upright bass and the Yamakipiebo and all of that is that how many times roughly have you watched it? I think I've only seen it once because uh, I vaguely wow. remember it. But yeah. Wow. Okay. I would I would urge you to get acquainted with it again. <laughs> it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. Because there's not only the scatting and there's not only the 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 upright bass playing and the and the sort of awkward standing there. At the end of it, she um she it's in her interview she's talking to the interviewer and she says you know we just i i feel him out he feels me out and we we go for it (laughs) and there's there's a moment of regret in her eyes that is unmistakable you know that in the moment she is like (laughs) i have given them something that will follow me until the end of the days i have let i have let e entertainment television in too close Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing that's hysterical. Yeah, and all, I, I also felt like, well, I think this is why they couldn't, the other actresses couldn't connect with you, is you're a, you're a weirdo, and that's yeah. fine. And I'm sure you're that they appreciated bananas. that, but like, off camera, they probably were just like, who is this alien? I don't know how mm-hmm. to speak to her, and she thought that that meant that they hated her. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just hope she's listening and that she'll reconsider. You know? Yeah. Um, sure my roommate is. thinks she'll make a cameo. I think we have a $15 bet that she thinks she'll make a cameo, like in the last episode or something. And I think she dies or has died. Yeah. I'm with you. Not mutually exclusive, by the way. You don't, we don't know how fantastical this reboot will be. Mm-hmm. I mean, she could, she could have faked her death. <laughs> we don't know. We don't. Or, the, the, orgasms aren't the only thing I fake. Death as well. <laughs> God damn it! You need to be yeah. in that room, John Milheiser. 
truly. <laughs> um, speaking of Fox, um, yeah. the masked uh, enterprise, are you involved in it at all? The masked singer, the masked dancer? Yeah, the masked singer. Yeah, I, I okay. think the first three seasons, we, uh, my boyfriend and I, we start watching it. We're kind of like, yeah, we're in it. Uh, and then we like start making our uh, guesses. And then by episode six or five, we fall out of it. And then I don't mm-hmm. care anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's so much like pizzazz and like it never gets. And also the judges don't do anything. They no. I feel, I, I feel bad talking negative, but like they're not helpful at all. No, 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 no. Uh, last night we turned on the masked dancer. Okay. Um, which is the latest in in the series, and it's you know as with the singer, it's not people who are, who are known for movement, um, and and it's it's all new, uh, it's all new judges. It's Paula Abdul, it's Ashley Tisdale, it's Brian Austin Green. We don't know why these people, why these <laughs> souls have have congregated on this stage. It is so overly produced that it is you have no idea what's going on from one minute to the next. Yes. Um, last night, uh, I swear before God, uh, the moth was, uh, unmasked and revealed as kidnapping victim, Elizabeth smart. What? Yeah. The woman who was, who, when she was 14 was kidnapped and, and held for nine months on some, like, and made somebody's bride or whatever. Yeah. She was, she was the moth. Wow. <laughs> Brian Austin Green called it. I don't know how he did it, but he called it. What? Based on her yeah. moves? Based on the clues. It's never it's never about the voice or the moves in these things. Oh, okay. It's it's always about like the clues that you get in the intro video. Was her dance like breaking out? It was it was emerging <laughs> from a cocoon, basically. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was it was a form of breaking out. But it was like <laughs> this is horrible. Like, I, I mean, I don't begrudge her, like, the opportunity to make some money later in life, but it just seems, I don't know. The tone is very difficult to nail. That very is wild. And do you win by the the judges not guessing who you, who you are? Or I think is the audience vote, the audience votes on who their favorite is, and the person who gets the least number of votes is unmasked. And I don't know, mm. I don't, I don't know if anyone gets anything for guessing it right or or what the deal is. I also um, like that uh, the audience, well, for Mass Singer, they're not really there. So it's all yeah. like pre-recorded, like uh, voting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge <laughs> crowd reactions to literally everything. Anytime anybody says anything, I, this is, I know this is not a visual medium, but the, it's a crowd shot. And you know that it's all like an audience coordinator did it, you know, in April of, you know, 2019. But it's just, it's random people going... And pointing uh, like, yes, yeah. what Brian Austin Green is saying is right. It's, it is truly the decline of Western civilization. And, I feel like it gets like, harder and harder. They have mask singer, mask dancer. It's going to be like mask walker. Mm-hmm. Chef. Walk across the stage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a fucking wacky time to be alive. Uh, what else? What else are you watching when you are not binging Sex in the City from both ends? Burning the Sex in the City, uh, city candle. Well, um, I guess I would have to say American Murder, like the ID channel. I watch a lot mm. of uh, murder mysteries. Yeah. Um, but I watch that by myself because uh, I don't like to watch Housewives, but my the other two in the house watch Housewives. So when they're watching Housewives, I watch the ID channel. Gotcha. Um, yeah. The housewives just never grabbed you, huh? I, I mean, I would sit and watch Beverly Hills a little bit, but yeah, now they're watching Atlanta and, um, Potomac. <laughs> There's a lot of great stuff happening. <laughs> I do what's, think that you're missing out. <laughs> what What's your block? I just, I've always thought of it because it's been on forever. I was just like, oh, what a waste of time. I mean, not that the ID channel is any better, but I'm just like, I just... Don't I don't know what the appeal is, and I I don't know. It's not for me. I don't. That's fine. No. That's fair. You have more dignity and taste than some of us. 
it, it, it seems like you um, are relentlessly positive and it's, and I would imagine that franchise, that's my block is that it's just too, it's, it's, I don't love watching people be awful to each other. They're always yelling at each other and then they're yelling at each other about the same thing 14 episodes later. Like I right. come back to the room, I'm like, are they still talking about like this spilled glass of water? He's like, oh yeah, they talk about this for like the rest of the season. <laughs> um and, and, and also I, when it's on, they don't watch it. Like they're on their computers. I'm like, are you even watching this? They're like, uh, yeah. Like, so it's like, it's just noise. Sure. I, you, I assume have seen the video of the, the girl who thought uh, a young black kid had stolen her phone. Yes. And so she tackled him and then Gail King interviewed her and she was, you saw this, right? Matt McConaughey, mm-hmm. the girl with the yeah. daddy hat. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we don't, we don't get that girl without the Housewives franchise. Yeah, everybody's being rewarded for being awful. Yeah, she was, she was, she, she was raised immersed in that, and it's like, and it's gonna, it has taken its toll. Mm-hmm. Just being a fucking asshole is like a personality choice. Oh, one hundred percent. But I, I would say she was weaned a little more on the in the Kardashian universe. Okay, but I, yeah. I but okay. I take your point. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's all the same. Love and hip hop. It's all it's all basically the same thing. Like just being like my thing is I'm just shitty to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's that's the way I've chosen to chosen to walk the earth. Uh, yeah, and you're right. That that to me that strikes me as the antithesis of all things John Milheiser. Exactly. <laughs> you're sunny. You're sunny. You you're a sunny sweetie. disposition. <sighs> Thanks. Has that always Thank been? The case? He's struggling to take it in, listener. He's <laughs> struggling to take it in. Um. Yes. It, I just feel better when I'm happy. And, um, yesterday, to be honest, uh, I was, I had a table read for something on zoom and then the dog barked and I was trying to shut him up and he peed all the way. Cause he gets scared if you like yell at him and come towards him. So he peed all the way down the steps and then peed on the carpet. And I, I had to be on the, the zoom in like a minute. I was stressed out yelling. The doorbell was ringing. I couldn't answer it. Came upstairs after the zoom. I got an argument and then the whole day with my boyfriend and then the whole day was ruined. And it's just like that yesterday was awful. And then I don't like starting the day off with like stressful things or just being upset or being angry. You don't go to bed angry. So I'm just like, don't sweat the small stuff. Enjoy what you got. Um, be happy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Amy Poehler once said a thing where she was like, don't worry about what you don't have. Like, on your body or something like, like, like the things that you do have, like, Ooh, I like that. I have hair or I like that. I have good legs or, you know, I don't know. Just fine. It's it's a good way to live. And when you, when something like you like yesterday happens, how do you find your way out of it? Um, well, I, I had, I was gone the whole day. So that happened. Then I had to leave the whole day for work. And I, thought it was just kind of dwelling on my mind the whole day. Then I came home and I quickly just went on a long hike and I just kept thinking about it more. I'm like, I'm still like, why am I still upset about this? <laughs> I think it was just because it happened in the morning and then I had to leave. So now it's just sitting with me the whole day, eating away at me. Um, and it was over the dumbest thing. It was about mail, <laughs> like distributing mail. And I was like, what, what happened this morning? Why did we get an argument about mail? And then afterwards, after dinner, we talked about it and talked it out. And we both were just like, I don't know why we were. <laughs> I was like, are we bored? Are we bored? Are we finding things to like argue about? But it was all settled. And we both agreed that it's not a big deal. So. So how does a sunny person get through 2020 and 21? Do you have any um, coping mechanisms that you can share? That I would that I would check in with family and I'm just thankful that everybody's okay. Like I feel blessed. I feel very lucky. There's tons of people out there that have lost somebody or suffered from the illness. So 
I'm just very thankful for that. I'm just like, well, I don't have it that bad. Like I'm healthy. I live with people. People also don't some, a lot of people live alone. Um, I got two dogs. I got a lot of space to walk around outside. So, and you know, you're just at home, you become a homebody, you just start cooking and it's okay to be lazy. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like a going, it's like a writer's retreat, except your house. And you're just there the whole time and you can do whatever you want. Yes. It's a very long retreat. And you're not obligated to have completed anything by the end of it. (laughs) Exactly. It's good if you do, but you don't have to. So you live with Nicole Byer. Is she hosting the Gay Porn Awards again this year? Oh, I don't know. Uh, There's been no mention of that, but yeah. Gotcha. She hosted it last year, and I wrote the the podium banter for the uh, presenters. A oh, that's gig. awesome! It was <laughs> the most ridiculous gig I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> Truly amazing. I hope she. It's does. so she, weird that yeah. if I look at your Twitter profile, it doesn't just say that that you don't leave that. <laughs> yeah, isn't that strange? That credential. It, what color strange. was the carpet? Well, yeah, pardon me. What color was the carpet? I think it was like a like a dark purple, if I recall correctly. Okay. Yeah, like a a good dark purple. Um, it was wild. The fashion was something else. <laughs> it was like, you know, it was suits, but mesh. Mm-hmm. Like you literally could see everyone's shoulder blades and nipples. And it was, it was, it was really something else. What was you the, get the funniest award? Go, take it. Pardon me? What was the funniest award? I don't know that there were any funny awards at all, but, um, but, it, but there, there were moments where like, there was a guy who got a lifetime achievement award. Cause he was like a streaming porn you know, entrepreneur in the early days and whatever. So he, um, he got up and he, he, he lifetime achievement. He was like 45. Um, he got up and he was talking about how, like, you know, what we do is entertainment. Sure. Um, but it is also like, it's because it's streaming, it can go anywhere. So there are, you know, there are parts of the world where you can get thrown off a roof for being gay. There are parts of America where like, you know, your family will, will still throw you out. Um, th- there are places uh, where many, many, many uh, hundreds, maybe millions of people are like really feel like their life is in jeopardy if they if they live openly, and we present a world that is all fun and all sex and and like can be a north star for them that can guide them through the world, mm-hmm. and and it was like you know what motherfucker you're absolutely right you're absolutely right, and then it was like you know two dead eyed porn stars came out and gave an award for like you know. <laughs> Best best dick shape or whatever. It was like okay, this is this is this is everything. This is everything I need. I'm I'm very I agree. I'm very uh, pro porn. I think it's it's the safest sex. Um, I mean, if you're the watching the porn, like you know, abstinence. You know, if we're you know, mm-hmm. thank goodness we have it during quarantine. I'm sure a lot of people are very happy about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, my first right when I turned eighteen. This is kind of a sad story, but right when I turned eighteen in New Jersey, there was a Wawa. There's some sort. I think it was a Wawa, but this, there was a section of it that had adult films, but you had to like open a cabinet. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I, I was like, "Oh, I'm eighteen. I'm gonna look at the porn section now." And I go over there and I start going through the cases, and I take a gay porn and put pull it out and put it into a straight porn case oh, so wow. they don't know I'm buying it. This is also 2000. So times are different. But uh-huh. so I, uh, so then I shake, I shake all the way to the counter. I'm like, <laughs> one, one please. And uh, <laughs> so I purchase it. Um, Cause you're 18, you go buy porn. And so then sure. I, I drive home, I put it in the VCR and then I watch it and it's old and it's also blowing my mind kind of because I've never seen a f- full porn of the same sex man or man. Um, mm-hmm. But then, of course, guess what happens? It gets stuck in the VCR. Oh. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe this is happening. Luckily, I get it out. But then I put it back in the case. I get back in the car. I drive through like on an open road. And I roll down the window and I toss it out the window. I was like, that was my one time watching porn. <laughs> or gay porn. <laughs> so somebody walking along the road someday probably found that. They're like, oh, yeah. I bet I know what happened. They oh, you saved tree. somebody's life, maybe. Maybe, maybe <laughs> the, it was found by the person who needed it the most. 
Yeah, that's right. That's what I choose. And I love that you were like, I can't even throw this away in my home or another establishment. Like it must just go out to the open (laughs) road. It's the only solution. Get out of here. Um, So that didn't lead to coming out to your family, obviously. Um, So what did? Um, Well, I came out late. I came out after college. um, And it was just a, I was just like, oh, oh, okay, I can't, I'm not going to avoid this anymore. Like, I've become, you know, um, confident in who I am and living in, it was after college, I was living in Brooklyn and, like, doing comedy and just, like, people were coming out. Like, also in the comedy scene, like, people were in the closet and came out years later. I, I know it sounds weird. I mean, I'm not to you guys, but like, it was just a different time. Like, I don't know why, but I was also fine in college with that. It was just, it was just the way my mind was built growing up in society being like, well, I'm going to have to hide it. But then came a point where the world was changing bit by bit. I was like, I don't have to hide it anymore. I like who I am. And then I came out and it was a little rough, like, because my parents shockingly were surprised. I was like, oh. Because I never also brought home a girlfriend. I never like lied to them and played a part, be like, and this is Betty. Um, <laughs> I, I love her. Uh, so I was like, maybe, you know, they got a clue through the years being like, well, he hasn't brought home a girl. Um, but they were surprised and it ended up being very sweet and nice. My dad, after f- few words and stuff and an argument and a walkout by me he came and got me he's like i'm sorry you just have to teach me about this stuff uh and so then everything was fine and then many years later i met you know someone very important that i fell in love with and they were coming for thanksgiving i also never introduced them to anybody uh to another guy um that i was dating but then this guy seemed you know, like very important to me and mattered. So they were coming for Thanksgiving and I let them know. I was like, oh, by the way, I've been dating someone for three months, so you might meet him. And they're like, oh, okay. All right. Because they weren't expecting it. Just like, Mm -hmm. all right, this is another step we have to take in our son being gay. Like, all right, we're going to be faced with it. Are you ready, Bob? Uh, But then they came, uh, we went to a beer house, a, a like a German beer Stein place in LA. I think it's on La Brea. Wurstens, something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, then my boyfriend arrived and he brought gift bags. My sister was also there. So it was like filled with like jam and nice. something. And then he sat down and uh, he nailed it. We did. They got along great and they still do. And we, I mean, he's like a part of the family now. It's great. So, Everything's okay. Everything's well roses. Yeah. Well done. And so how did you meet this is, Yes. Bumble. Um, we matched on Bumble, but we also matched on Tinder. And so we talked for like three weeks before we met up. So I would ask him a question or he would ask me a question on Bumble and then I would respond on Tinder. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, this guy's crazy. He's talking to me on both uh, apps. And his sister, luckily, was like, no, no, he's being funny. He's like, oh, okay. So she saved the relationship. What was the first date? He, at that time, um, was an, he's an editor. um, And he was working, like, from three to midnight. That, so we had, like, a breakfast or early lunch date. And then... We went and got his car washed and then he dropped me off. And I was like, if you want to meet up for like a night drink, uh, you can go to birds, which is, you know, in Franklin village. And, uh, he's like, okay. So we had, we met up at midnight after he got off work. So we had two dates in one day and then, yeah. I love it. And I I'm going to use night drink. (laughs) What nightcap night drink. Yeah. I like night drink. drink. We're going to make that happen. <laughs> and so did you know in that first, I mean, you, you wanted to see him again the same day. So obviously there was something real there, but mm-hmm. what was it about him? And how, how did you know that that was 
you know, something. He, we clicked right away at their early lunch. And then, I mean, we were, we had a nice dialogue and we were doing bits. I think bits are very important. Like if you Mm -hmm. can joke with each other and run with it. Uh, So we were doing that through text message being before the actual in-person date. But once we saw each other and like hung out, it clicked. And then the second date, he, and I've said this before to people and it doesn't make complete sense, but he asked me something. And so I started talking at birds and the way he like leaned his head down to focus and completely listen to me. Like I was like, Ooh, I don't, it, it doesn't make any sense, but it was just like the no, way he, he wanted to hear everything and was completely focused on me and nothing else in the bar in this noisy bar. And yeah. Attention yeah. in this day and age is mm-hmm. very sexy. That's right. Someone's full and undivided attention. Yeah. Startling. Mm-hmm. When you get it. Okay. Um, with and it. so a power move. <laughs> how did you make the decision to move in together? And does he move in with you and Nicole in a place that's already yours? And I'm just interested in that dynamic. He moved in. Um, well, he was basically just always, he had a an apartment. And then, you know, that was a great place to go and get away. And, but he was always here and staying here. And then when quarantine happened, just like, yeah, I'll just get rid of my apartment. And then he moved in. But when he moved in, I realized that my desk wasn't my desk anymore. He's like, I was like, oh, you're going to be working at my desk. He's like, you mean our desk? I was like, oh, yeah. So and he started making choices being like, I don't want this here. Can I hang this here? I was like, oh, but this is my room. And yeah, so now it's his room, too. It just took some adjusting and learning, but everything's good now. And luckily, yeah, Nicole and him get along better than we get along. Uh, <laughs> no, they're very good. They, have, they watch Housewives. Uh, mm-hmm. You're, you know, watching ID. Uh, oh, I just thought of another been? show. Uh, it's been it's three and a half years. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We also all watch House Hunters. I forgot to mention that show. Okay. Okay. Great, 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 great. That gives you everything you need. You know, you're looking at yeah. houses, you're analyzing relationships, and you're guessing. We, that's all we do. Yeah. Just making fun of the couples, analyzing. I was like, wow, sh- they're going to break up after this. <laughs> or and mm-hmm. like yelling at them for making the wrong decisions on the mm-hmm. house. Uh, yeah. I, have you guys been able to escape at all? Well, we, I try to find fun things to do and it sounds morbid. You went to we... Puerto Vallarta, obviously. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. took your shirts off. Sure. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Um, <laughs> we went to like just small, quick adventures. Like we went to uh, James Dean's crash site and there's like oh. a fun little gift shop deli gas station place that you can stop at and take a picture with the big James Dean face. Uh, we, would, we did an Airbnb for my birthday. I go to this spot in Malibu. <clears throat> that's like an abandoned, not abandoned, but like nobody's there. A spot, a empty beach where you can mm-hmm. park. and Yeah, just small things. We are very, very strict in this house with uh, what you do. We wear face shields and two masks to go to the supermarket. We've been doing that for a very long time. Great. Uh, yeah. You got to. So he was obviously the, your your first significant relationship or first person that you, you know, introduced to your family. But what was dating like um, in between coming out and meeting him? Um, that's... There was pretty much no dating before coming out. And that's also what pushed me to come out being like, I think I should date. I'm probably the best I'm going to look right now at this age. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Come and get Molly Getting's good. Uh, (laughs) uh, There was some dating in the comedy community. Uh, I, oh, right. When I moved to LA, I dated someone 
that I met off an app. Uh, still friends, but just didn't work out. But yeah, I'm pretty much still friends with like exes because it wasn't love, but we were very we were companions at that time in running around New York City, you know. But this is love. Yeah, this is love. Uh, love but that. it's great that you have friends. That I mean, that, that you haven't sort of burned those bridges and gone scorched earth on any one, which I have done more times than I can admit. <laughs> well, it's just like I feel like we're all in the same boat, and I would only date nice people. Uh, I, I never go. I never went to bars to pick up people. I never. I, 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 yeah, I hardly would go to bars or dance. I never went to clubs or anything. So not that I'm saying those people are bad. It's just that I didn't, I wasn't part of that culture. So I'd be like, I'd meet somebody in an improv class who was charming and nice. And then we'd go have a beer after and then probably date for a few months and then be like, eh, it's not working out, but you're still cool. That type of thing. Yeah. That sounds healthy. Very healthy. <laughs> what was college like for you before coming out? What, like, how did you define yourself at that time in your life? I very much wanted just to have, I have older brothers and sisters. I was an accident, so they were much older. So growing up, I- How much older? My brother is eight years older than me. My sister, my oldest sister is 13 years older than me. And then my other sister is 11 years older than me. So like, as I was coming up in like grade school, uh, they were in college and I would like go oh, visit wow. them and just see them like living their college life, like wearing the sweatshirts, drinking Coors Light. They went to Lehigh. Two my both my sisters went to Lehigh, and then my brother went to Auburn. And so then I would visit my brother, and he'd be playing rugby. And then he was in a fraternity. My sisters were in a sorority. I was just like, oh, I can't wait to do this. Even though I was into like comedy and performing in high school, for some reason that came like backseat, like in the, and in the front seat was I just want a college experience. And I'll, I want to be straight for now. Like I'll, I'll worry about coming out later. And so I played rugby my freshman year. Um, and then Hofstra university, Uh uh, Long Island. And then I joined a fraternity. I became a pledge master of that fraternity. I was in charge of homecoming, building the float. I was all invested in like the fraternity and that lifestyle. And it was a nice fraternity. It wasn't like a druggie or. Uh, meathead or you know gay bashing fraternity it was kind of like the animal house fraternity you weren't like where it's just like you get... hazed no but we had we we had some upsetting hazing nights but nothing was like they didn't beat you or they didn't oh we weren't allowed to drink but uh oh. you know we had to eat dog food at some point it was all funny fun stuff to do to get memories of college um but yeah and then senior year i was like I haven't met anybody that I creatively want to work with. And I think that's a very important thing if I want to be in the arts and like do sketch comedy. And luckily senior year, I met these four guys that brought in a weird video that they made uh, on their own at their house. And I was like, after I saw it, I was like, oh, these guys are funny and weird. Hi, I'm John Milheiser, your new best friend. And then we started making videos together. And then we moved to Greenpoint, Brooklyn after college and started Serious Lunch was, which is a sketch group that we did for ten years, and then that led to UCB and blah 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 blah. But yeah, oh, I love it. So you found your way. I found my way, but I yeah, but I feel like I wasted a lot of time just worrying about college life. Sure. But I also appreciate the friends that I made, and I still keep in touch with the, the fraternity brothers. Um, you know, I yeah, it was, but yeah, I just wish yeah. I focused more on comedy who you were who i was yeah. yeah yeah and that too yeah my situation is the same i too am uh am the accident youngest and eight oh, nice. ten years older and so um i find that it's like both of mine are brothers that their that their experiences that i observed when i was a kid i just was like that's the way a person is supposed to be right and and I still like I still have to stop myself and like splash water on my face when my own life doesn't match up to that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I still I still reflexively am like, oh, a man does this because my brothers did that when they were seventeen and I was seven. You know, it's it's dumb how much that will continue to keep its claws in you. 
No, I totally, yeah, it's so funny. I totally agree with that. Like, in even in high school, I was like, well, I know my brother had parties in high school, so I guess mm-hmm. I have to have parties. <laughs> so I had parties, and I never yeah. was caught. Oh, nice. Well done. Were they? What's that? Were they caught? Yes, my brother was caught. Uh, sure. A funny story is he was having a party at the house, and all the cars were, he was out in the front lawn, and my best friend at the time mom who was in a den mother's neckerchief mm-hmm. uh like cub scouts comes walking up the hill and he comes out of the house he's like yeah just park up the road park up the road and then as she got closer <laughs> and closer he's like oh mrs abrams she's like i want these people out in 20 minutes or i'm calling your parents uh and we're still friends with her like she still comes and makes fun of my brother for that it's a funny story oh that's so cute. <laughs> um but the way i one of the tactics I used to never get caught was um, I would put happy for uh, happy, ugh, happy 50th birthday balloons out in the mailbox. So if there was mm-hmm. cars outside, if a cop drove by, they're like, oh, it's an adult party. That's very smart. And smart. <laughs> That's very smart. You, you know what that is? That's Samantha behavior. Honey. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's savvy, it's wise, it's sexy. It's pure Milheiser. <laughs> John, thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. And Please continue me. to stay safe. You too. And by the way, I have heard tell of these Nicole Byer roller skating evenings. And once the world is normal again, I have a pair and I'm ready. Please do. Yeah, come over. Are we Well, okay. yeah, we'll go to, we've been practicing in the garage, but okay. we're going to, because, yeah, but we'll go to that park and get a roller gang going. Once it's safe behavior, mm-hmm. I'm in. I'm going to break a hip. That's a guarantee. <laughs> well, Matt, we've come to the end of another episode. Dave, 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 Dave. Thank you for being here with me, giving Thank me you, a Matt. reason to live. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for reviewing us on Apple Podcasts with five stars only, of course. Thank you to Renee Colvert with a T, mm-hmm. our, our producer. Thank you to Ryan Connor, our engineer. Thank you to everybody at Earwolf. Uh-huh. Thank um, you, Ben Wise, for the music. Yes. And thank you, listener, for listening. Uh, tell a friend. Leave a review. We love you. We love you.